Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 2, Episode 10, Necessity is a Mother. Mary, what happened this week? Donna does very well on an economics project involving the stock market. Steve convinces her to invest their money in the real stock market to hopefully make some money IRL. (laughs) Kelly tells Donna it's a bad idea, insulting her intelligence in the process. Cindy Cindy befriends Dylan's mother, Iris, and tries to teach her how to mom. (laughs) Dylan is off the wagon. He's been skipping school to drink and gamble on pool games. Brenda is desperate to help him, but Kelly helps her understand that loving and supporting an addict is more difficult than she realized. Okay. We have not one, but two trailers this week. Let's hear them. Okay, so... Dylan McKay has always survived on his own. Your father offered me a lot of money to keep out of your life. But now that his mother's back, she's trying to take control. I thought I could make up for all those lost years. And he can't handle it. Dylan has flipped out. He did school again today. That's the third time this week. It's his problem. 90210. Dylan, don't do this. I already have one woman in my life who thinks she's my mother, okay? Thursday night at 8 on Fox 54. Wow. Yeah. Um, that got into like... That kind of spoiled the whole thing, right? I was yeah. going to say, that was like laid into the episode. Mm-hmm. Like literally all of that 30 seconds was the very end when his mother leaves. So basically based on that promo, Dylan's got some drama. I mean, surprising literally no one. <laughs> yeah, has right? been This entire season is Dylan has mommy troubles. Yes, and has been building up to like finally meet this woman. Yeah, I know. I'm really glad we finally got to meet Iris. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, that's about it. Like, yeah. I mean, really, we start the episode, uh, and there's, like, several scenes in this episode in this location. In the grody pool. Billiards bar, pool bar. Yeah. Yeah, where Dylan has clearly been using a fake ID to get in and get beer and all that stuff. Well, and at first, I was like, he's playing pool at the spot, so either it's an eight, it's not an 18 or over, or he's got a fake. Which, let's be real, he's had a fake. Oh, yeah. yeah. I honestly didn't think about it until he tried to get the beer later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, I was just like, oh, it's a pool hall. He's just in playing pool. And, you know, he's such a personable kind of guy that maybe he just went in and made friends with the person. was like, I'm not going to try and drink. I'm not going to do anything. I just right. want to shoot pool. Exactly. Like, at first I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Maybe he just, yeah, made friends with the dude and just likes to come here to blow off steam or whatever. Yeah. Like, I like to think the best out of Dylan yeah. when it happens. Well, because typically he's given us no reason to not think the best in him. Yeah. You know, he's, he's grown. Like, like, he had his troubled stuff, but we don't really see that anymore because he's spent so much time trying not to be that. Well, that and trying to help other people kind of combat their own demons i guess too or at least try to say like hey think about it like this like this is the bigger picture like i know this sucks right now but think about it in the grand scheme of things well and then he's always so intuitive when the Mm -hmm. girls of the week have problems exactly he like forgives brandon for punching him yeah punching him um but that's not the case because dylan has been skipping school to go to the pool hall for hours on end yep which and and i know in dylan's case he just doesn't have parents around but like later in the episode brandon skips too and i'm like skipping school like that wouldn't parents be notified like if you just miss class yeah i don't know because i know at our high school they took attendance every single class and if you missed 
I don't know at what point they would notify your parents because, like, like we were literally just talking about this. Mm-hmm. I would skip my first period because we had four classes in a day, and then we'd have first period, mass, second period, third, fourth. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't want to go to church because I'm horrible, <laughs> I would sleep through first period, wake up, like, during mass, and then just, like, call my dad and be like, I need you to call the school and tell them I'm going to be late. Hmm. And, like, I never got in trouble for that, and I did it basically every month of senior year. Strange. Maybe it was because I was, like, south of Atlanta and, like, in a public school, but my school is, like, really strict about skipping. Like, if you – like, because we couldn't go off campus for lunch. Yeah, we couldn't either. Yeah. I mean, we couldn't leave the campus, and then I just feel like nobody really skipped. I think if it was unexcused – then something would happen but i don't know the level of unexcused because like we had a pretty strict school like i let somebody copy my homework once and i got saturday detention for it Hmm. that is a bit intense yeah i mean you just said excused and unexcused absence and i just remembered oh yeah that was a thing (laughs) (laughs) like you either had a note or you didn't oh yeah so i'm like yeah, I'm just curious because it seems like it's very easy for these kids to just miss class or like skip school. Well, that's the thing. Like he left before first period. Brandon left before first period with Dylan, and then Cindy didn't know where he was. Mm-hmm. So like exactly, no question. This is the problem with not having cell phones or pagers or whatever. True. Yeah. You would think true. he would have called somebody and been like, "Hey, I just want to give you a heads up because I skipped school and mm-hmm. I missed a trig test." Right. Assuming he was in the same class as them. Mm-hmm. But like. You would think mature Brandon, the right. one we're supposed to think is such a great guy. But at the same time, like rules don't apply to Brandon. Like <laughs> he, I know he, he got yelled at and yeah. I was like, what? I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Excuse me. Yeah. Do you know who you're talking to? Exactly. This is Brandon, mm-hmm. not Brenda. Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, they yelled at him, but that's later in the episode. Right yes. now, Dylan is ditching school and being all moody and he's off doing this. Meanwhile, Brenda's at school with everybody mm-hmm. talking about how Iris has been driving him crazy and everyone needs to talk about their crazy moms and their broken homes and nothing is quite like Casa Walsh. Right. Well, yeah. and that's true. I mean, oh, yeah. They're stepping into a world that's full of broken homes and drama and absentee parents and drugs and alcohol and stuff like that. And they, I mean, the Walsh twins have been very blessed to have a stable home for their entire life with very few problems. I mean, we saw what happened when they had like one inkling of trouble in paradise with Jim and Cindy. Like they went full on that was freak out thing. mode. Yeah. yeah. So they just haven't been exposed to it, which is good from a personal standpoint. But then you have to have perspective when it comes to other people. And I think it's something that I really like that they talk about of like there are varying levels across mm-hmm. this friend group. Like we don't really hear about Donna's parents. Right. But we know that Kelly's parents divorced when she was young. David's parents are just getting divorced now. Mm-hmm. The Walsh's parents have been together the whole time. Dylan's parents are just a nightmare. And then, like, Steve's got his whole thing of, like, he's adopted, his dad is an absentee parent, his parents have been divorced, like, they hit every single level of it, and then they're just like, but they're still just kids. Right. But, like, everyone be aware of, like, there are varying levels of things. It's exactly. not just that everyone is, like, saved by the bell or full house or something where, like, it's all just happy family. Exactly. And, and they almost make it a point of saying that the normal is to have drama or the normal is to have 
a broken home or, or whatever it may be and that washed ones you're weird <laughs> yeah it's actually kind of really cool that they're like I guess destigmatizing it because I feel like that was a huge thing to have to be destigmatized like divorce is not a bad thing sometimes things just don't work out yeah and I mean what's really traumatic is when the divorce is bad like when it's the parents don't like each other or like don't do things to be good for the kids or something like that but yeah, I, I think you're right. They do a good job of making it seem like this had nothing to do with the kids. Yeah. Like their parents have their own issues, so they split up, but it had nothing to do with us. But now we have to like be around it and be aware of it and deal with it. And that's the whole thing that happens with Dylan in this entire episode is that his mom left mm -hmm. and didn't act like a parent to him. And then all of a sudden she's come back into his life and he has to deal with this woman that he has had little to no interaction with for 11 years. Right. And he's kind of like acting like he doesn't quite know what to do because on the one hand, he does want his mom or a parent in his life in some way. But at the same time, he's been on his own for so long. He's having a difficult time adjusting to somebody that's now trying too hard without acknowledging the fact that they were just gone mm -hmm. for most of his life. Yeah. And I think that's the, he like rejects all of her hippie idealism because he's like you you picked all of that over me yeah you picked going to hawaii and chilling out and you know selling t-shirts on the side of the road right over me so you talking about how great it is kind of pisses me off yeah it's like very triggering for him he's like okay you're literally listing all of the things that are so much better than your son yeah <laughs> yeah it was it's shitty like i totally get why he's been skipping school and like not handling this well and Brenda just doesn't get it because well, she can't she doesn't yeah. have that experience well and I think I mean she's the only one that recognizes that Dylan even has a problem but she just doesn't understand the problem like and she doesn't understand why he's so upset which is a whole different issue for me with Brandon and Dylan being BFFs mm -hmm. but it's like everybody else has you know Kelly's talking about her mom having, you know, her drug and alcohol addictions and being like, sometimes you just have a crazy mom. Like, right. she doesn't see anything about it because it is the normal for her. Right. And there's a conversation that comes up later in the episode between Kelly and Brenda about that whole situation. And at first, I'm like, ooh, this is kind of rubbing me the wrong way a little bit. But then she's kind of like, well, I mean, here's how it really is. Like, she's yeah. just trying to talk about it from a real life perspective not from like a insensitive kind of way mm -hmm. but but before all of that yeah basically um iris is at the wash house because she was looking for dylan and um she or she was calling right didn't she like call i think the she wash called house? and then they were like oh he's not here but then she came over to hang out with cindy and mm -hmm. was like reading her palm or something yes and then had like done brenda's astrological chart and was like your chart didn't say you were so pretty yeah i'm like okay now i see where uh dylan gets his moves <laughs> <laughs> because she's basically like blah 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 blah, but it didn't tell me how cute you are <laughs> like i just loved that cindy was like me and iris are basically kindred spirits right we are children of the 60s or whatever flower she children yeah, flower children and then she talks about how the flower children turned into yuppies yeah i, I like, loved that since sentence coming out of cindy's mouth i am it's like cindy you're wearing mom jeans in a million dollar home in beverly hills that your yuppie husband yep. got for you like but the, it totally kind of ties back into the 17 year itch when she was like kind of really tempted to just abandon her entire family and go traveling the world with a 
photographer. Yeah, like maybe Cindy really was a flower child like growing up, but then life happened and she just kind of like had to become a wife and a mother and run a household or whatever. Which I think is so interesting because you really could like be a mix of Iris and Cindy. Like you don't Mm -hmm. have to abandon all of your like hippie stuff, but you also don't abandon your children. Right. Which maybe that's why Cindy took up gardening, like, you know, like kind of keep some of that. the dirt, the earth. Yeah, like get that natural. Oh, yeah, because that's what they were doing when they walked in, where they were rubbing their hands together. And she's Mm -hmm. like, you can feel the earth pulsing. And I was like, no, that's that's the blood vessels in your hands. (laughs) (laughs) You just made them really hot. That's just anatomy. (laughs) Iris. But good try. That's your heartbeat. (laughs) Okay. That's called a pulse. (laughs) She doesn't do science. Right. Right, clearly. Spirituality. Yes. And I will admit, some of that stuff is kind of, like, interesting just to, like, hear about it. But at the same time, to have your whole... Like, I can totally see why Dylan's annoyed. Mm -hmm. Because he's like, girl, this is real life. Like, I mean, even later in the episode when Jim is hella skeptical about Iris. Because he's a yuppie. Yeah. And he's just like, so what do you do for money? And she's like, well, I sell t-shirts on the side of the road. He's like... Uh huh. <laughs> Do you get a ten ninety nine for that? <laughs> yeah. Do you have a W two? It's like he just clearly thinks she does not live in reality. I mean, to an extent, like she lives in her reality, yeah. which is not Jim's reality, right. and that's where he's just like, "What are you exactly?" And like you said, Cindy can kind of be that balance or whatever because she's not quite Jim, but she's also not Iris. It's yeah. almost like she's. Still got her hobbies, still got her own thinking, still probably, like, thinks about astrology if she was like that to begin with. Mm -hmm. But she also understands, like, okay, we got to, like, take care of the house. I've got kids to raise, like, whatever. She does really love recycling. She does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There you go. There you go. That's her flower child coming out. Well, yeah, because in the conversation where they were having – they were talking about being flower children, I think it's Iris says, like, life was a lot simpler when you could just bum a ride. And Brenda was like – Mom, <laughs> did you hitchhike? Yeah. Like, we need to talk about this. It is 1992. It is not safe to hitchhike. Exactly. When when was it ever safe to hitchhike? It's never been safe to hitchhike. <laughs> That's all I could think about was like, do you know how many hitchhikers were murdered and like tossed off the highway? And they right? were like, well, these are high risk individuals. So we're just not going to look into it. Oh, my gosh. Like, Iris, you so lucky. Come on, lady. But yeah, she also makes a comment. Um pave paradise and put up a parking lot mm-hmm. and i was like well i know counting crows did that but i was like but that was in like 2000 or something i think it was 2002 i think oh that song's been around for yeah well it's like joni mitchell it, or yeah, something in the it's 70s Joni mitchell because i was like because immediately in my head i thought of the counting crows version but then i was like it had to have been earlier because that's not just a common phrase like at least colloquially like without being attached to something else. Mm-hmm. So Which I like, up, yeah. Of course Iris listens to Joni Mitchell. Exactly. And it came out in 1970. So it's perfect timing. I know. Ugh. And then that night is when she stays for dinner and Jim is like, how do you make money and all of that kind yeah. of stuff? And she says like that she went to see a psychic to talk about Dylan when he was young, but then we never find out what the psychic said about him. I know. Because like, he just gets up. He's like, no, you don't need to talk about this. And I'm getting up. I'm getting out. Yeah, he, like, storms out yeah. and then just, like, hangs out outside all pissy. And, like, I totally get it. I do, too. Like, I mean, Brenda makes a good point. He's, like, she's trying to say, like, you're mad when she's here and you're mad when she's gone. So which is it? But in reality, he's just, like, really struggling. Yeah, I mean, it's... Literally everything that we've been talking about where, like, 
you know, all of these things that she's saying are the things that she abandoned him for. And so, mm-hmm. like, Brenda just sees her coming back now, but, like, she could have come back at any time, mm-hmm. which we find out later. And the promo's just totally Give spoiled away. Yeah. that Jack paid her to stay away. Right. Which is a whole other layer that I really hope we get to, like, I really want to see Jack McKay again, and I want some sort of confrontation about it. And, I mean, everything is a continuity issue, so I'm sure it's not going to happen. It's going to be swept under the rug. But but that would be really nice, because, like, I feel like that would give Dylan a lot of closure. Mm -hmm. Because he's been mad at his mom for so long, but really his anger should probably be directed toward his dad for deliberately keeping her away well deliberately keeping her away he abandoned dylan too Mm -hmm. by going on all of these trips then he got arrested and like they're even just now barely repairing their relationship exactly like i get dylan being so mad he's really stressed out about his relationships with his parents yeah and he should be i mean dylan is a guy that cares a ton like Mm -hmm. he's got a huge heart and i think he gets that from his friend's but you hear him say all the time, you're all I've got. You and Brandon are all I've got. I've got nothing without you guys. Like, I think he's just trying to grasp onto anything, any sort of family he can possibly grab onto, even if that means his mom's running him up a wall or getting on his last nerve because he's so mad that she wasn't around and all he ever wanted was for her to be around. Oh, so absolutely. Sad. It's so sad. Well, and then they go back inside and, you know, the Walshes that he cares so much about are in there just, like, totally divided about his mom. Yeah. Because Cindy and Brandon like her and Brenda and Jim don't, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting because you don't usually see that split. It's usually boys versus girls or, like, true. everyone against Jim. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I did have one thought on that, though, because I feel like Jim and Brenda's personalities are actually more similar I could see that. Because they're both pretty intuitive. I mean, I feel like Jim's more irrational with his intuitiveness. Like, because whenever, you know, Dylan, I mean, obviously Dylan brings drama and Jim sought that out to begin with. But Mm -hmm. also he was just being overprotective because it's his daughter. But I feel like Cindy's a little bit more impressionable, like Brandon. I could see that. I mean, she got so, like, excited about the hippie thing and, like, going to the mind gym. and She's easily trusting, easily, like, I, I, I want friends. I want people. She's into cold pressed juice now. Yeah, she's never had a smoothie before. Kombucha. <laughs> but oh. you know what I mean? So I can see that a little bit. Like you're right though, it usually doesn't fall that way, but I do feel like their personalities are actually kind of matching. No, and I could totally see that because that would explain why like Brenda and Cindy had such a hard time at the beginning of the show getting mm-hmm. along together mm-hmm. and then, you know, Brandon wanting Jim's approval so much because he sees that like oh, he's like Brenda, but I want to be like him or like, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. His whole thing. Well, and maybe that's why their twin talks are so weird. Maybe it is. Because they're like Jim and Cindy. They're meant for each other. Ew. I'm sorry. I hated it as soon as I said it. That's the problem is like there is a lot of weird sexual tension (laughs) between the two of them. It's so gross. Ugh. Actors, learn to rein that in. (laughs) I know. Isn't that kind of your job? Not to be rude, but Mm -hmm. like. You know? Um, Go back in time and do this better. (laughs) (laughs) But then, you know, on the other side of the coin, so you see the Walsh's, like, kind of talking about Iris, and then you go to Iris's house, and she's talking about Brenda. Mm -hmm. And Dylan is just like, excuse me, you get her name out of your mouth. Yeah, take that name right out your mouth. (laughs) Stop it. 
<laughs> but she's like sitting there, you know, shuffling her tarot cards. And she says that Brenda is a Scorpio and Dylan is a Libra, which I had to look up because I didn't know off the top of my head. But mm-hmm. once I looked it up, I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. It makes so much sense that the Walsh twins are Scorpios mm-hmm. because it explains Brandon's like drama. Wanna, yes, it just explains why he goes off the handle at the mm-hmm. drop of a hat, and it kind of just ex- I don't remember what I said about Brenda. It explains her jealousy. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I specifically looked up a Libra and a Scorpio in I a did relationship too. together. I never to read it. Yeah. So I'll I'll do mine then you do yours. Yeah. <laughs> gonna laugh if we have the same one yeah uh libra in love is into togetherness and understands give and take a scorpio in love is jealous dramatic and secretive oh yeah right mm-hmm. jealous yeah dramatic and then the libra was what togetherness and understands give and take oh my god dylan to a t right <laughs> it's all about balance with a libra like mm-hmm. i really wonder if they actually put like that much thought into building the characters at the beginning of the show or it just kind of worked out that they were this way? I think it just worked out that way. I think way. it just worked I out. Mean, probably. But I like to think that they put effort into this. Okay, yeah. so what's your say? So this one's it's longer, but it makes it makes some sense. So okay. here we go. The relationship of Libra and Scorpio is in no way easy and light. Both of these partners will have to face their dark sides through this bond, and although this can lead to an incredible and intense sex life and uh, and emotions that no one else can understand, it might lead them both to a depressive hole they won't easily get out of. The only way for this couple to last in a satisfying and gentle relationship is for both partners to build a strong individual, independent life, or they will get sucked into the whirlpool of karmic emotions and obsessive negative expectations. That's so perfect. (laughs) Oh my God. Good job, writers. I was going to say, it's like everything we've talked about, how they need to have their independent lives and then they get like all too wrapped up into each other. There's the whole like... The big bad sex issue. I would say Brenda enjoyed sex, so... Gotta take them down, you know, spiraling. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's so perfect. I know it really is. Which also means that Dylan and Brandon would have the same relationship. <laughs> I mean, they are really dramatic together, so know, that works are. out. That's very true. And Brandon does get jealous every time he thinks that Dylan has slept with a girl. That's true. So Brandon, Brandon is in love with Dylan. <laughs> yeah. It's just a different kind of love. Yes, definitely. That's hilarious. I'm glad we both looked that up. <laughs> I know. Well, and I was like, I know Mary's going to already know this, and I feel like I have to at least pretend to compete. Yeah, right? Um, Who well, says we don't do research on this podcast? I know, right? <laughs> but then what I thought was interesting, and I was texting Mary about this. I don't know if you saw it in our group chat of like, we never got birthday episodes from yeah. anybody. We know when Steve's birthday is because you know he had his whole thing, mm-hmm. which we also have never talked about again. Um. Yeah. Why haven't we talked about Steve's adoption yet? Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> Give Steve airtime, and not time when he's being kind of racist. Yeah. Like, right. No more of that. Mm. More crop tops. More mm. crop. It's all. It's the end of summer, but it is not the end of the good weather. I need the crop tops before it's too late. Oh, and then they should move him to like sweaters. Yes. Yeah. I love a good sweater. I wanted to see him in a nice cardigan. like like a like a thick one you know not like the thin ones but like a thick one Mm -hmm. but it never gets that cold in la so like a Mm -hmm. fisherman sweater yeah Yeah, i was just gonna say john has this really great like old man kind of sweater it's like a you know gray cardigan and like he looks good in it (laughs) 
That's a really great one. He keeps it at work. That's his, like, cold work sweater. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, can't you just, like, take a hoodie there and yeah. then, like, leave the nice one here for me? True. But he doesn't. But anyway. But yeah, Give Steve more airtime. But we have not gotten a Brenda and Brandon birthday episode. Yeah, well, that's the thing. We really haven't gotten anybody. And if Brenda and Brandon are Scorpios, then their birthday would have been at the beginning of when they transferred to Beverly Hills last year, technically. Because the first episodes aired in October of 90, Mm -hmm. I believe. Mm -hmm. And that was supposed to technically be like the beginning of school. So like that's where the timeline got real muddy to last year. But that would have been when their birthday was. And it kind of would have been great to have a birthday party and, like, have to invite all the friends over. Like, imagine an episode where Cindy forces them – or maybe Jim wants them to have a birthday party. And Cindy's like, I don't want all those Beverly Hills teenagers in my house. And then Brenda's like, oh, my God, a party. And Brandon's like, I'm too cool for parties. <laughs> Can we just have an intimate gathering? Yeah. <laughs> a women's conference? <laughs> <laughs> okay, but for real – if their birthday's at the beginning of the school year, that would mean season one, they had their sweet 16 right when they moved to uh, L.A. Or Which Beverly means Hills. that they turned 16 and nobody cared. Yep. That's where I'm like still really confused about their ages. Because, yeah, they're supposed to be 16 because Brandon was driving by the time mm-hmm. they got to school. Yeah. And like, wait, now it all makes sense. Because our Twitter follower, Andrea Zuckerman, one said that they shipped Mondale. Remember the company oh. paid for it, so maybe Brandon didn't have his license yet, so he couldn't he have driven it. Sixteen. Well, and even when you are that young, like I can't imagine Jim and Cindy were like, "Yeah, Brandon can just drive cross halfway country. across the country." Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing about that is, Scorpio's birthdays are in November. Oh, I thought it was an end of October, it's, November. Yeah, it's. I think it's late October through like mid November. Okay. Because. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, that's where it gets really muddy, right? Because mm-hmm. they're supposed to be 16 when they get there. And then they would have had a birthday two months later. Say they, like, you know, start Labor Day weekend and then their birthday's in November. Then they were 17 as sophomores? Or well, 16 yeah, as sophomores. And he yeah. was driving for two months before he got his license. That's what I think. Because he was definitely 16 this season with Sandy. Yeah. Yes. It's all it's all well, falling apart. And how could Brenda have already failed her driver's test three times if she hadn't turned sixteen yet? Right. I mean, I mean, I guess you can take driver's ed. At I was to say maybe she failed driver's ed because I took it. Did I take it at fifteen? I took it at fifteen. Maybe she failed to get her learner's permit. <laughs> Can't you just like get that though? Yeah, like you I thought just have you to could take a written test. At right least in Georgia, you do. Yeah, maybe that's fair. she failed a written test. I wouldn't. <laughs> All right, I someone needs to tell us what the driver's license test was in 1990 in Minnesota. And, and California. And California. And well, let us know the real story about their ages. because There we, is no real story. Clearly, It's no. all a lie. Well, we didn't know about Mondale. Andrea, help. Yeah, Andrea, we need your <laughs> help. Jim, Jim and Cindy, Investigative help. journalism. <laughs> Brand investigative reporting. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Oh, God. He's such a w- bad investigative reporter. Yes. Always. Always. And, like, that doesn't really come up in this episode, but, man, Brandon's bad in this episode. He is something. I think he's, he's something. just bad. But, yeah, so... We get more scenes of the billiards 
bar. And that's when Dylan actually does go up to the bar and orders a beer. And that Mm -hmm. man does not know how to pour a beer. No, he doesn't. It was like half foam. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and then he was like, you don't have to pull out that shitty fake ID. And I was like, sir. You're willingly giving alcohol to a minor? Yeah. And then he's like, oh, do you want a shot too? Yeah. Like, sir. Yeah. He is 16. Nate He'll be like the on the ground. Right. He yeah. had too many bottles a couple episodes ago and threw up. Yeah. Nate was watching it with me and he was like, this is illegal. <laughs> and I was like, Nate, this is a teen drama. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nate. Do you watch teen television? Yeah. Right. Everything's illegal. Exactly. Like the amount of times that people do things that you're like, there's no way. I know. This is barely related, but just <laughs> this is about teenagers and tv shows going to bars and getting alcohol Mm -hmm. there's like this first episode of pretty little liars where a girl comes back from europe and like the first thing she does is like drive her brother to lacrosse practice and go to a bar and like it's also a book series so like in the book she orders like an amstel light or something but they changed it in the first episode and have this character order a cheeseburger but it's like it's the view of the back of her head, and you can tell they just inserted this audio because wow. they weren't all, like. I guess they just decided to not have her order a beer. Oh, but it's just really dumb because that character is a vegetarian. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like it, again, also not really related. But so in Buffy, they always go to the Bronze, like starting from when they're there in sophomore year. And so she's like 15 at that point. She gets birthdays, by the way. Oh, fun. Buffy birthdays every year. And they're great. She has really good buff, uh, birthday episodes. Um, but they go to the bronze every year. And then they keep going through college. And then they turn old enough to drink. And they're still going to the bronze. Hmm. And I'm just like, have people been drinking at the bronze the whole time? And you're also letting 15-year-olds in? Who is... 21 and old enough to go out drinking and going to the same place that a 15-year-old goes to. Maybe it's like the masquerade used to be, how it's like an all-ages, quote-unquote, venue, but they also serve alcohol. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I just... I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm picturing the wrong venue in my mind in that show. Well, like, you watch Buffy, right? Yeah. So you know the bronze, and you know they would sit there and, like, have tea, yeah, I feel like I'm thinking of the wrong set because I feel like there was like some kind of like underground looking club place where they all went and danced sometimes. Yeah, that was the Bronx okay. where they had live music. Yeah, so that's like what it reminded me of is the masquerade, but... But like you wouldn't go to the masquerade to have tea. No, <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. I'd go there to smoke cigarettes and listen to metal. Right? <laughs> and like stand on the top floor and be like, well, this is going to collapse under me any day now. Exactly. Yep. Good while it lasted. Well, in One Tree Hill, they also did a fake ID. Like, two high school kids went to the bar and got drinks with fakes. So, that's the benefit of casting adults (laughs) who are supposed to look like teenagers. I mean, yeah, Buffy had a drinking episode. And it was like a drinking is bad episode. That was kind of a punishment episode because the beer turned her into a a Neanderthal. 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 God, I can't. I I don't like it. I'll say Neanderthal until the cows come home. <laughs> Are you not supposed to pronounce the th? Apparently, Apparently it's, it's Neanderthal. Yeah. Sin 
since when? I since don't know. Forever, apparently. Oh my god. I know, but like, I don't like it, mm-hmm. and I don't care. And I'm gonna say it the way I want to say it. Oh, yeah. I don't care at all. <laughs> yeah. There are like several words like that where I'll just be wrong because the right way is stupid. Have you heard <laughs> that episode where he keeps saying like? pedophile pedophile and then i watched fleabag and heard a british person call it pedophile yeah that's no they also spell it weird there too Isn't is it like, like pedophile yeah the yeah, a the it's AD. like encyclopedia but really that should be pronounced i like pedophile oh. yeah encyclopedia <laughs> yeah oh my god there's a pie club at work it's no. a club where you get together and eat pie. Okay, I thought it was so, about to be like 3.14. No, <laughs> no. But like, I feel like that would be a pie-to-file. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's great. You should, Do you like we should have a podcast called Pie-to-Files and just eat pie and review them. <laughs> <laughs> that would give me an excuse to make so many pies. <laughs> And me to eat so many pies. <laughs> what did she say when she's living? We got apple pie. And yeah. Strawberry pie. Peach pie. Pecan. <laughs> pie. I can't. Chocolate pie. Poison beer. Did she say poison beer? I think we're just making up things now. <laughs> Snowsberry. <laughs> anyway. Who boy. Um, but yeah, but yeah so, he's drinking now. And he's turning into a terrible person. Yeah. But the beer is not cursed. He's just being an alcoholic and the next day or that day whenever he's skipping i guess brenda like runs into the almost at the daily planet (laughs) she runs into the blaze brandon wishes right yeah and they're trying to get the newspaper out and andrea is like brandon what would i do without you because he contributed like five words a bad headline yeah (laughs) but yeah she goes in there and she's like talking to brandon and concerned about him skipping school and Andrea clearly overhears and is like, shows a little bit of concern, but then doesn't. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It does seem like in this episode, no one cares. Brenda and Iris are the only ones that say anything about him. Mm-hmm. It's like they're the only ones that like even acknowledge that this is different behavior than normal. And like for Iris to pick on that she when she know. hasn't been around, yeah. I mean, that it's definitely them trying to be like, these are the two people that love him and they're the ones right. that are going to see it. But like, no, because mm-hmm. they totally just throw Brandon away on it. Yeah, like exactly. he would have done something different. I don't think this episode tracks for Brandon. I don't think this is what he would do. It was like partial and then, but mostly not because like he would have, I mean, Brandon's not intuitive, but at the same time, usually he wants to save people. So if Brenda comes in there and says like, I think there's a problem, Brandon would jump on that. Well, and he wouldn't like... I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but when Dylan shows up drunk to school and is just like going to walk out and he has to be forced to go out there basically and mm-hmm. keep up with him, Brandon wouldn't take him to the pool hall, watch him get drunk all day, blow $800 on pool gambling. Like I'm picturing, you know, not as funny, but more like the episode of The Office where they have the Christmas party and, um, Meredith. Thank you. Meredith gets drunk and her hair catches on fire. So they try oh. to do an intervention. And then Michael's like, let's go out for a drink. And then passes poor Richards. And she's like, oh, we can go to this bar and this bar and this bar and this bar. And then he like tries to forcibly check her into rehab. <laughs> yes. I have a deposit. <laughs> <an> alcoholic. <laughs> 
Like, that's more of what I'm picturing Brandon would do. And even, you know, again, skipping all the way to the end of the episode when he's like, oh, yeah, you know, after you take your mom to the airport, there's somewhere we got to go. And then he takes him to the AA meeting. Mm -hmm. Like, he would have done that from the get-go. Right. There are meetings in the middle of the day. Or every day of the week. That's what I mean. Like, he wouldn't have taken him to a pool hall and watched him get underage drunk. Exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. At the same time, though, I wouldn't put it past Brandon to totally misread the situation <laughs> about the gambling, like, in the pool games or whatever. Oh, I'm sure. Well, like, yeah, like, you even see him when they do go, he's, like, 500, and they're, like, he's, like, dollars? As opposed to what? Like, how what have you been doing all day? Do yeah. you just, like, sit there and stare at the wall while Dylan's talking <laughs> to people? <laughs> no, like, that's just... bad friendship, too. You mm-hmm. should be engaging with your friend, especially if he's having a hard time, like, Go talk to him. What he should have done was taken him to the peach pit, gotten him a bunch of food so, mm-hmm. like, you know, help the mm-hmm. And then once he is sobered up, be like, look, I really think we should go to a meeting or something. Like, you know, do you have a sponsor? Right. Like, these are things that I do think Brandon would have done. Right. But, yeah, he somehow gets caught up in, like, well, I'm just taking him to cool off, so I'm going to take him to go play pool, and then I'm going to go stare at this corner for four hours. Yeah, literally just – turn around and act like nothing's happening. I mean, honestly, though, I can't entirely blame this all on Brandon because earlier in this episode, like what we're about to get to is that Dylan drove from the pool place. I don't know what to call it. I keep going billiards bar, pool bar, now it's pool place. Pool (laughs) Uh, Pool hall. To the Walsh house in the middle, like late at night after drinking like he and then brenda kicks him out to drive again exactly that's the thing like i can't entirely place this on brandon because every walsh member of the family basically had an opportunity to help dylan and they didn't and they did they even jim blatantly says like we're not helping anymore we should just you know you can't be with anymore yeah Yeah. it's like no this is the time like when people need you the most well and the thing is like maybe you don't want to be actively helping them when they're destroying themselves but you need to make it clear that like i'll be here for you when you come back right like Mm -hmm. because what kelly says where she's like you need to let him hit bottom Mm -hmm. because he'll never come back if he doesn't right and like that's the thing is i feel like kelly was coming at it as like i love you but i can't be with you all that happens but when you're ready to stop i'm here like she always was there for her mom oh absolutely always and And she never like judged her or anything she was just like look i cannot do this like you cannot expect me to have a good life if you're gonna be like this Mm -hmm. like she's been real about it pretty much the whole time or at least like since the last relapse that jackie had yeah and i mean the thing is like what it upset me so much when he shows up in the middle of the night drunk making all this racket that like jim and cindy would have come down definitely and brenda kicks him out knowing he's drunk like put him on the couch and then have a conversation with him later like let him sleep his whole thing is that you know he's stressing out about his parents jim could talk to him Mm -hmm. like and jim should have like they have been bonding over the last few episodes like getting to a good place they talked about his finances jim helped him out with that Jim helped him with his dad. Yeah, they came to terms with, like, Brenda and his relationship and things like that. And so you would have thought it would have been on brand for Jim at this point to do the right thing and help him. Even if that meant, sure, still saying, Brenda, you should step away from him. But it's because I'm checking, I'm helping him get into rehab or I'm taking him to an AA meeting or I'm helping with this. Well, and it's like a whole thing 
when they say that you're recovering, that you shouldn't make, you know, major life decisions and, like, you know, get in new relationships and stuff. Mm -hmm. And this isn't really a new relationship, but it kind of is because they're getting back together. And, like, you know, maybe, you know, Dylan needs to find himself Right. Rather than be with you. I don't know. I mean, it's I mean, a Libra versus Scorpio. You each need to have your independent individual lives. For that's, I mean, that's the thing that, like, <laughs> most teenagers, I feel like, don't understand. And I definitely did not understand, which is why I'm saying, of like, you don't need to just, like, give yourself over to this relationship with yeah. your first boyfriend. You are still yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need to spend all of your time with him or with her or them or whatever. And we're totally all guilty of it. Absolutely. Which is why it's, like, understandable in this because, like, yeah, this is a very intense relationship and and first loves always are. So, yeah, this is expected. But at the same time, this is a more serious problem. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, I mean, while Dylan is doing all of this drinking and imploding and all of this stuff, Iris is becoming BFFs with Cindy And taking her to a mind gym, which I don't actually remember what they said they did there because I got distracted when they like show the external shot and it is just like so clearly a poster that they had bought that day, (laughs) mind gym open. Yeah. It's like one of those um, banners that are made for like softball youth leagues that show the sponsors (laughs) on it. (laughs) No, it was so fake. And then they go inside and it was just those pods. And I was like, Mm -hmm. wait, am I watching Star Trek? (laughs) <laughs> yeah what this was like the avatar little things that you yeah into. <laughs> i kind of loved it it's like, yeah just sit down on this recliner and then recline and put on these glasses that shut like just blink lights in mm-hmm. your eyes for an hour as you say it sounded like um isolation tanks which are supposed to be so good for you and i was like you just lay in like a puddle of water and there's <laughs> no light or sound and you just lay there it almost also kind of looked like virtual reality before virtual reality oh like yeah you that's put on why the goggles like, things or whatever. we're in sci-fi now yeah yeah like, yeah we're not hippies right. we're crazy which is funny but then they come out of it and like get the juice or whatever and <laughs> cindy's like this is delicious what is this it's funny that like she described three ingredients orange ginger and garlic the drink was pink Orange is orange. Like <laughs> Maybe, like, she thought she had ordered something and they were like, that's disgusting. Put some strawberries in this one. Yeah, put some berries in here to make it taste better. Yeah, but it looked like Cindy had never had a juice or smoothie yeah. before. <laughs> she was like, what What do you call this drink? <laughs> yeah. a, a smoothie? A, a, a smoothie? Fascinating. And she w- loved it. Oh, she was, like, I would love... If they went back to the Walsh house and all of a sudden she's into juicing. <laughs> yeah, she she's got like, a garden. Yeah, she's got like all her fruits and veggies like lined up on the counter just like starting the juicer. <laughs> Mom, I can't have another carrot and kale juice, but it's good for you. It's going to help with your immune system and your eyeballs. Your uh, negative aura. Yeah, there you go. Needs to be rebalanced. Drink this ginger root thingy. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, I could totally see Cindy getting way into that. I would actually love it. That would be a great character development for Cindy. like to, like, turn hippie? Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, I got back into my hippie roots. Like, I don't need that, you know, warm-up suit that Jim got me. I'm just going to go in my, you know, free children outfit. Or, like Iris tells Jim, grow a beard, swim naked. (laughs) (laughs) 
Good advice for everyone. <laughs> I just love that Jim was like, excuse me? Yeah, I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> the Brandon's like, yeah, dad, let's go. <laughs> Everyone's just like, let's just leave. Let's just take a vacation. And Jim is just like, poor, fa- poor person family vacation <laughs> to Hawaii. Carry the two, multiply by three. No. <laughs> <laughs> that does not compute. You're like, I'm sorry, do you have a job? <laughs> yeah. No. I just had to pay for your fender bender with Charisse. Oh, my God. And getting the car out of impound a couple weeks ago, getting yep. the entire engine rebuilt. Oh, yeah. Brandon should not get to ask for anything ever. Seriously. Oh, my God. He's an expensive kid. Honestly, trade Brandon for Dylan. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Dylan was, like, selling off his own stuff to compensate right? for you having to feed him. Well, that and he's, like... He can work on cars because he's worked on Brandon's car with him before. And I'm, I'm still a little great. amazed that he hasn't just gotten a job. Who? Dylan? Yeah. 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 Like he, he doesn't need to at this point because we get to the end of the episode and Iris just hands him a bunch of money, essentially. Right. Which Jim then, you Put know. Put in a trust. Yeah. This whole like, we're not going to help Dylan anymore. Oh, I have a financial opportunity. I'm going to help Dylan. I'm going to bill Iris hours for this. <laughs> With what money? She right? doesn't have any money. That was not her money. Yeah. And we then see, or like, ah, it was a weird thing. Like, cause she's like, you're better off without me. And then leaves to her pineapple yurt or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> I spent this entire episode, every time she would talk, I was like, how did Jack and Iris McKay ever end up together? Right. And then as soon as she's like, you don't need me, I'm leaving. Bye. It was like. That's well, they how. did both leave their children, child. They, they both have abandonment issues. Like, everything else doesn't make any sense. Because he went to prison for white-collar crimes because he didn't have enough money. And yeah. she was just like, I didn't accept any of his money. I kept it for you. Which, like, really, she should have put it in a trust back then. Because you, can you imagine the interest? Oh, my God. Uh, right? Oh, my gosh. It'd be piling up. Right? I just held on to this check for... 10 years. Right? Yeah, because it's been 11 years. She put it in like a money market. Well, I mean, we hear that there was a financial crash of 87, so maybe it wouldn't have been worth anything. True. I would love if it was just like a stack of checks where she was like, I didn't touch any of them. I've been keeping them in my yurt for you. (laughs) Mom, these are all expired. Yep, all void. These, yeah, that would not be good. It was just a weird ending for that. I hated it. I hated it so much. That, like, she just decides to do this without talking to him, without being like, I think it would be better for you if I left because you and I clearly aren't getting along and I think we need to ease back into this relationship. What do you yeah, think about this? what do you this? think? Like, it's never Dylan's point of view. It's never his opinion. It's never his thoughts. It's always just, we're making this decision for you because you're a kid and I'm the adult. Yeah, I mean, truly. the adult has been acting like a child. It sounds to me like she's abandoning him again. Exactly. She totally is because why is her first thought? It's like, oh, I'll just go back to Hawaii and things will go back to like how they were a couple weeks ago. When I didn't talk to you or have any awareness that you've been living by yourself homeless Mm -hmm. for so long. But now we can build a relationship while I'm back in Hawaii. That's not going to happen. It makes no sense. Zero like, sense. How about she stays in Beverly Hills and just loosens up on the reins and lets him live his life, but still is there to take care of him? Right. Well, yeah. And like, don't 
you know, just come in out of nowhere and start like inserting yourself so heavily into his life. Like make friends that aren't Cindy. Don't say that Brenda has a negative aura. Don't just show up at places that he's going to be at because that's very stressful for him. Well, yeah. And like all really Dylan needs is a place like a roof over his head and somebody to be there if he needs them. He doesn't, she's right in that he doesn't need a traditional mother. Mm hmm. But he does need someone in his corner. Yeah, because, I mean, even just think about all the things that happened in this episode. He drove drunk several times. He, you know, went in debt to that pool shark who beat the shit out of him. Which, and then nobody did anything. 90s television is so weird. That was the weirdest fight scene. Oh, my God. I was, like, really stressed out understanding what was happening. But then just seeing how, like, Brandon was barely being held back. <laughs> little, like, baby, little baby Brandon. It did not take two men to hold back Brandon. No. no. And like he's the tiniest. I was like, he wasn't like not actually fighting at all. That was not great acting. He's like, let me, let me help my friend. No, <laughs> he's had enough. Uh. Yeah. And he, yeah, like Falcone is just a villain in the sense that like you owe him $800 and you don't have it. Like. That's a lot of money. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of get it. I mean, maybe not the, like, beating the shit out of a teenager, right. but, like... But that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Especially in the 90s, too. <laughs> Every now and then I just want to be like, what was $800 in 1992 worth? $815. <laughs> like, I actually, it's not that dramatic. No, there was a fun fact of, like, the amount of money that Donna pulls out, like, is about $2,000 for whenever the wiki had been written. Hmm. So I was like, okay, so there's a little bit of inflation. Definitely. A little bit of growth there. Speaking of, she had a really interesting story. I loved and hated it because, yeah. like, I love that they're in this investment class or, yes, you know, econ. personal finance or whatever. And they're all supposed to fake invest in things, which that trope has happened on so many shows, right? Like, yeah. I'm not making that up. No, 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 it has. But also, like, I mean, we did it too growing oh, up. Oh, yeah, we did it yeah, too. Did fake socks. Yeah, but they, like, have this whole thing. And everyone did okay. Like, Kelly invested in IBM. And I just want to be like, how much money did they give you to fake invest with? Right. Like, you got into IBM? Yeah. It must have been... Uh, maybe that A was A lot her, of money? Well, maybe that was her only investment. Yeah. Like yeah, because I know one. when we did it, like, they didn't give us a limit. And I was like, if I invested, I would invest in Disney. <laughs> like, which, obviously, back then, back before they owned everything, would have been a really smart move. True. True. But it would also have cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars that I didn't have. Exactly. And yeah, Donna like crushed it. it. Yeah. And then Kelly goes, if anyone can spot a bargain, Donna can. That's true. Which I was like, hey, that's like pretty uplifting right there. I was like, that's a compliment. I know. It was And cute. then for the rest of the episode, just they just her. call her stupid. Yeah. I totaled a count of five stupids throughout the episode. It's just two mean. By, two by, no, three by Kelly, two by Steve. Yeah, because so they they leave the classroom and Steve is the one that's like, we could do this for real. Donna's really good with it. And Kelly is like, don't be stupid. Exactly. And Donna's like, what? Uh, I'm not stupid. I am going to do it for real. I did love that every time they called her stupid, she did the opposite of what they said and it worked out for her. Totally. And I was like, girl, I get it. I know. Yeah, because they do that and then Donna closes her entire account and it like goes down to 14 cents and Kelly's like, well, you might as well give me the 14 cents because it's all you're going to have left. And then she answered three coins, which doesn't equal 14 cents. <laughs> yeah. And that was driving me bananas. I know. Um, but that was 
the second time Kelly called that was number two. Yep, that was number two. But for me, what was baffling is that a 16, 17 year old had a thousand dollars in their savings account. I'm like, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. I know, right? Because she also loves to shop. All Donna did was have a birthday. Well, no, they said she's babysitting. babysitting too. Oh, right. Yeah. But how much is she babysitting to get that kind of money when she's probably also buying things? She's probably getting a lot of birthday money. Yeah, let's true. be honest. Here. And she probably the credit card for buying things is probably supplemented by her parents. That's fair. Just considering where they live. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was the thing that got me is like, Kelly was like, "Think of how long you worked for this money. How much birthday money you saved up." And I was like. You don't work for that. Right. I you just, were just given that. I just really love that. It's like, think about how long a year is. You're not going <laughs> to get more money for a year. Uh-huh. I love teenagers. Think so about funny. how hard it is to grow up a whole year and then get <laughs> money for it. I know. <laughs> yeah. So all of that happens. And then she invests in the shoe company with Steve that's when they go to the peach pit and he's like trying to order bellinis and caviar and that's just like champagne or whatever what? and none of the things he's saying are actual things he's like give me your beluga caviar or something like that and then he says bellini instead of bellini and bellini. i don't even think he knows what a bellini is <laughs> no he had no idea he was just like what are fancy words and like there's no way nat has a liquor license so he's like right your oh. finest champagne and nat's like chocolate milkshake coming up <laughs> You're a child. Here we go. This yeah. is what kids have. Because that's when Steve calls her stupid. Yep, that was Because she's talking about how she wants to, like, pull their money out because they've already made it. And he's like, no, you leave it in. Don't be stupid. Well, this was actually, there's three and four kind of back to back because she also says she may look like a dumb blonde, but she's a really yeah. wizard of Wall Street. I wrote that down because I was just like, you suck. Yes. He sucks like, so bad. Yep. This was not good for Steve. I'm sorry, Steve. Yeah. You're struggling in these last few episodes. But then, like, immediately after is when he's he says, like, like, we should pull out, like, or or the company's, like, going. That. She said, yeah, she said that. Sorry. And he's like, no, no, no. You got to keep buying, buying. Like, you got to hold it. Yeah, like, you got to keep your money in so that it can grow. Don't be stupid. What if it what if it climbs again? It's like, that's. That is not how it works. <laughs> Which is like when that light goes off in Donna's head of like, oh, you think I'm stupid because I want to pull my money out? Watch mm-hmm. me. Exactly. And then unbeknownst to Steve, she takes all of her money out. And then, at, you know, the last day that they're in this episode, he like drives up to school angry and like doesn't bother into a parking spot because he's so mad. Mm-hmm. He jumps out of his car and he's like, do you know what happened to our stocks? It burnt to the ground. Which just like. A shoe warehouse. You guys made all this money off of a shoe warehouse. Yeah, seriously. And then Donna's like, okay, listen here, Steve. I pulled my money out. Yep. And I made a lot. And don't call me stupid. Exactly. Don't ever call me stupid again, is what she said. And I love how, like, Steve's like, you can say I told you so. Told me so. And immediately she's like, I told you so. <laughs> like, she wastes no time on telling her. Oh, and I love that. it. Like, she kind of walks away, and then Steve is just like, We should get her to pick more stocks for us. And Kelly's like, Yeah, we should. Yeah, yeah, and they okay. just go running after. Her. Like, first of all, you two should get back together. Yes. Second of all, Donna rules. I know. I love this. was a great episode this for Donna. This was a Donna. great episode for Donna. I loved it. Just because, like, I think that has, that has clearly been set up, right? Like, the fact that she feels like she's dumb and therefore she had to take the theater class as well because she actually needed the grades. She needs the grades, yeah. And then, like, so this whole thing has been wrapped up in, like, okay, Donna really only cares about shopping and looking good, and that's it. And 
So it's been a good in the works kind of deal for her to like recognize like, okay, actually other people think I'm stupid too. So let me prove them wrong in an area that I'm actually good at and that they're not. Well, and this was such a better way to handle it versus when she was taking the SATs and they like, you know, found out that she had dyslexia Mm -hmm. and she was just like, everyone thinks I'm stupid. So I better just like go off the deep end, which that was another one where like, Everyone was making all these comments that made her feel stupid and being like, we just need to study. You just need to take it again. And she was like, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to go do what I want to do. Right. But this was just a better thing. Yeah. Because it's like, it's a natural reaction to think, okay, well, I'm just going to lean into this. But then she like came out of that and was like, oh, wait, I can actually like prove them wrong. I was going to say, I think she's realized after the whole dyslexia thing, she's like, I'm not dumb. Exactly. Screw all of you guys. Exactly. Get over yourself. So I love that. I loved it so much. Yep. I think the only other thing I really wanted to talk about in this episode was at the very end when Iris leaves and Dylan takes her to the airport and then Brandon's like, we have somewhere to go once you do that. And he's yeah. like, yeah, we got to go pay Falcone. He's like, yeah, but one more place, like a place you took me when I really need or whatever. Just like, just say a just meeting. Just say an AA meeting. Like, it's not some great reveal. Yeah, you've already been there. Yeah, and the thing is, like, they go – to the same meeting at the school it's like 7 p.m whatever and dylan's in the front and they like pan over to him saying the serenity prayer and i kind of didn't get why brandon wasn't participating yeah he's like like in the back corner just just like watching dylan watching yeah Mm -hmm. like not actually participating in the meeting when like arguably you have a bad relationship with alcohol too like and anyone that goes regardless if you're an actual alcoholic or you're a spectator or you're like being support for a friend you have you 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 do it you engage you should participate yeah yeah you should say the prayer and like i don't know I think it just kind of bothered me of like, don't act like you don't have a problem. Don't yeah, act right? like you're don't so act high like and you mighty. haven't gotten a DUI. Yeah. Also, sit by your friend. He needs you yeah. right now. Be that supportive. Was, that was what was so weird about this whole episode is that like no one was actually supportive. They were all talking about just like, leave him alone, leave him be. We have to get ourselves out of this. Well, and like, yeah, Brenda even struggled with that because she saw all these things that were happening and like she calls him out several times. You know, she calls him out at the peach pit and is like, we have the trick test in the morning. Come over tonight and I'll help you study. Right. And then when he shows up drunk, she kicks him out to drive himself home. Exactly. Like she just has a lot of trouble dealing with what's happening with Dylan and really has very little problem when Jim says you can't see him anymore going out and telling Dylan that's exactly what Jim said like a season ago she would have flipped out yeah she has no problem just like sticking it to Jim Mm -hmm. yeah I feel like that has to do with her conversation that she had with Kelly where Kelly's like you can't be there to pick up the pieces every time Dylan fucks up Mm -hmm. because it's just gonna become a habit and he's gonna keep leaning on you to do the same thing true like he needs tough love He needs to know that you're not going to be around if he's going to keep doing that to himself. So I feel like Brenda really took Kelly's advice to heart. And Mm. that's why she didn't immediately argue with Jim about that because Kelly's right. No, she definitely is. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. And then, yeah, at the very end, right before that, I guess, when Iris leaves and she's like, oh, yeah, he's a hard man to love. And Brenda's like, but we both do, don't we? Or something. And it's just like some moment between Brenda and Iris. And I was like, I just don't care. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. as much as I was excited to meet Iris, I kind of wrote her off the second she said she was just going to leave him. Here's a bunch of money. I'm going back to Hawaii. Yeah. Maybe one day you'll want to call me mom. And I was like, 
Like, probably not. I can't imagine why. You just emancipated him without him prompting it. Exactly. Like, yeah. You broke away from your own kid. That would make me feel so terrible if I was 16 or 17 and my mom was just like, you're old enough. Bye. You're an adult now. Bye. Yeah, Yeah, that would suck. (laughs) I would be so upset. I'd be like, mom, why? I'm a baby. Yeah, what do you expect me to do? I'm 16. Yeah, where's he going to live now? Right. Is he just going to stay in that same house? Can he afford that? Who owns that house? Did she pay for... Did she buy a house for 30 days? <laughs> <laughs> she probably rented it. I don't know. But yeah, that was that was really that was it. it. What did you grade it? I did not write a grade down for this one. So if you did, you go first. I got to come up with something. I actually gave it an A-. I liked the episode. Um... I don't obviously love that Dylan's abandoned yet again, but mm-hmm. I just like the plot and the character development for Dylan. And I also love Donna. Like, Donna had a great episode, and we've been dying for Donna content. So that was really nice. And I appreciated, as much as I did not like as much of the abandonment or, like, try to, like, back off from Dylan and, like, not help Dylan, like, when it mattered, Kelly was there to offer advice to Brenda Brandon did take him to an AA meeting, um, even though some of his like actions were out of character a little bit and things like that. I don't know. I just thought it was a good episode. It was better than what we've had recently. Oh, it was so much better than last week. <laughs> yeah. So I give it an A- for A Treehouse on Pineapple Mountain. <laughs> I like that. I mean, yeah, I think the only reason I wouldn't want to give it an A is because like those things that did feel out of character to me, and I just mm. didn't like them. Like, I don't like the idea that... Dylan was starting to backslide and he looked like he needed help and really nobody stepped in until he had hit that bottom. Right. Like, I think what I didn't like was that, you know, he was drinking over the camping trip and Brandon didn't suggest going to a meeting then. True. Like, That's true. hey, do you need some help? Let's go do this before it gets somewhere. Because, like, again, I'm not, I'm not a recovering addict and I don't know one personally enough to know the answers to these. But I feel like you if you've stopped in between the like zero to ten and then ten to a hundred you can come back from the ten right right we didn't need to see him take a few weeks off and then go up to 100 sure we could have gotten ahead of this that makes sense so i don't know that's i could be totally off base here and i just feel like those aren't things like brandon should not have hidden the fact that he was drinking right yeah yeah yeah. that's true i forgot about that that he admits to brenda yeah um so i would give it a b minus for bargain hunter donna all right because donna deserves recognition and no one else does yeah no that's good i like that bargain hunter donna i know i wish she had a b name of some kind bargain (laughs) donna (laughs) yeah so I dedicate this episode to Donna Martin. Yeah. Thanks, Donna. You crushed it. You, you made really a lot did. of money. That was fun. Go I buy like, yourself some shoes. I like that for her. Mm-hmm. I hope she becomes some sort of actual wizard of Wall Street. That would be or runs a shoe company. Something. <laughs> Whatever she wants I hope to something do. good happens to Donna. Me she too. deserves good. She does. So yeah, I guess that's it. That is it. Um, next week we have season t- season. I almost said season ten. Can you imagine <laughs> if we were already on season ten? Surprise! <laughs> season two, episode eleven, leading from the heart. Leading from the heart. Mm-hmm. 
I just want to be like, maybe it has to do with Emily Valentine because Valentine. And heart. <laughs> I just want her back. I know, right? We all do. We'll see her eventually. This I know we will. Another episode with no Emily Valentine. I mean, I know at some point we will because there's an episode coming up called My Desperate Valentine. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, a few episodes down the road, we'll get there. So we'll at least see her again this season. All right. That's fine. Yeah. I'll deal with it. The back half of the season. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. actually, the half, because there's like 32 episodes. This I thought season. this was still a 21. Maybe it is. Maybe. No, I think you're right. I think it's like 28 or something. It's 28. Yeah, it's 28. So yeah, oh the back goodness. half, technically the back half. But yeah, in the meantime, um, as you guys are catching up and watching this with us, make sure to hit us up on the social medias. Um, you can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Back2Podcast. Or you can send us emails at Back2Podcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget that if you leave us a five-star review on iTunes, that really helps us out. And then if you leave us a review, we'll shout you out on the episodes. Yeah, we will. Um, yeah. All right. So from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm Ariel. I'm Caitlin. I'm Mary. Bye. Bye. See ya. Donna, Stocks, Steve, Kelly, Dylan, Mom, Pool, Brenda, Iris, Gambling, Drinking Too, Cindy, Mind Gym, Spicy Food and Drinks, Iris, Jim, Brenda, Brandon, Brother, Server, Unconcerned Friend, Dylan, Drunk at Brenda's in the middle of the night asking for more booze, ugh, Brenda... <laughs> Brenda tells Brandon, everyone keeps calling Donna stupid and I hate it. Dylan comes to school drunk to take his trig test. Kelly gives Brenda advice on loving an alcoholic. Brandon takes Dylan to play pool to get him away from school. Brenda slaps Iris in the face with words. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, er, Lin, Lindy, Cindy. <laughs> oh my Lindsay? God. Lindsay Walsh? <laughs> my C didn't connect there. Cindy's trying to help Iris' mom. Uh, Dylan loses a pool game and gets beat up. Jim forbids Brenda to see Dylan until he gets his shit together. Iris and Dylan fight. Cindy tries to help Iris be a mom some more. Donna sold her stock and made good money. Uh, Steve didn't sell and lost all of his. Donna tells him never to call her stupid again. Iris and Dylan finally talk. Dylan goes back to AA. Brandon sits at the meeting too. Boom. Boom. The episode is done. Mike dropped.